Can you recall a time where you were pushed beyond your limits? In my own life, I can think of one example. When I was in school, my fourth year of seminary, I took a difficult course. It was two semesters long, so it was was an entire year where basically we had to read a very large portion of St. Thomas Aquinas' Summa Theologica, which if you, if you don't know what that is, basically it's a multi-volume work that's very big, large, and dense. And, uh, and it's all theological uh, things. And uh, the way this class was structured, we had to read a large portion of it every single night and every single day in class, we would go through these dense readings and the teacher would randomly call on people and they on the spot had to summarize what that section was all about. And if not, they would be penalized for it with their grade. So it was constantly this pressure to read, 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 read. And it was a uh, minimum an hour, sometimes as many as two hours or more, every single night of reading. And this was on top of our other homework assignments and other readings uh, assignments and tests we had to study for and papers that we had to write. And so it was just a very difficult semester to be in. And I remember just feeling like I was just reaching my limits. I, I, I had to say no to social events that I wanted to be a part of. I wasn't able to have as much time for things that I wanted to do. I remember being short-tempered and, and losing my patience a lot more often. I remember being tempted to sin a lot easier uh, during that year. And I just wasn't my best and I wasn't myself. I was constantly exhausted, sleep-deprived, and stressed. Perhaps you can relate. Maybe there's a time in your life where you felt like you were pushed beyond your limits. And maybe if it's not that dramatic, we all at least can recognize that we face problems and challenges all the time. In fact, we, play, we face difficulties every single day. We have to make decisions every single day. Sometimes difficult decisions, sometimes small decisions, but we get decision fatigue, decision after decision, and it's just, we get tired. And, and when we face another problem, sometimes there's that moment where if one more problem comes, we're just going to lose it. We just can't take another problem. So what is your strategy? Everybody has different strategies whenever they, they face issues. If you're anything like me, what I like to do uh, when I'm, is my, my first posture is to immediately address the problem, to be very impulsive. Um, maybe I'll uh, brainstorm and strategize if I'm with the team. I like to write on a whiteboard and we come up with a creative plan and we execute. Um, so, or, or other people, uh, perhaps they like to, or maybe they don't like to, but they find themselves avoiding the problem. They're afraid of it. They, they hope that it'll go away, fix itself on its own. They procrastinate the ability to address the problem. Some people just get really discouraged by a problem and they just, they, they become very heavy and they just, they get very sad and they feel powerless and they start to get depressed. They start to doubt their capabilities and, and even their identity and all of the, um, all of their skills they, they put into question. We all react to problems differently, maybe aggressively, passive aggressively, passively. In today's gospel, we see a wonderful example of how to address a problem. 
In fact, what I would suggest, it's the best example because it comes from our mother, Mary. She addresses this problem perfectly. We see in the gospel today, the wedding of Cana, there's a very big problem. Imagine going to a wedding and they run out of food or they run out of alcohol. It's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing on the couple. It's especially embarrassing on the parents who are sponsoring and paying for the wedding. Well, the Jewish wedding here, uh, part of the culture, you may have heard this before, is that the weddings would, would last a number of days, much longer than weddings do in our contemporary culture. And so this some point along this wedding that Jesus, his mom, and his disciples attended, they, they run out of wine. And that's a big deal. Because suddenly, imagine, you've probably been to parties before where once people start drinking, they start to get aggravated if we run out. And, and they, don't, they don't know how to sustain the fun of the party. So, what does Mary do? The first thing to notice here is that she's not the host. She's not the hostess. Neither is Jesus, by the way. They are guests. They are attending the wedding. So when we notice that this wedding is running out of wine, this is really not Mary and Jesus' problem to solve. This is for the host to solve. That's their problem. They can fix it. Jesus and Mary and his disciples, they're just there to have a good time. But Mary thinks otherwise. She, she anticipates this problem. She sees it right away, and she does the very best thing. She responds to this problem in three steps that I think are very important to us today. First step is that she turns to Jesus. She immediately goes to Jesus to address this problem. Step two, she states the facts. She says, Jesus, there is no wine. Step three, she tells the servers, do whatever he tells you. Let's unpack that a little bit. Step one, turn to Jesus. If you're anything like me, whenever I mentioned this already, I like to address, usually, I usually like to address problems quickly and directly. So, um, but, but, you know, I'll come up with a plan, I'll come up with a strategy, and, and I'm very prone to analyze. And if I'm not careful, I can overanalyze without bringing it to prayer. What I can do is try to put the weight of the problem on my own shoulders and expect me to be the person that has all the answers. Especially as a person in leadership, that temptation is even higher, as if I'm supposed to know everything at all times immediately. And it's a very easy temptation to fall into. But what Mary teaches us is that step one is to not turn to yourself and to your own skills, to your own expertise, to your own knowledge, but rather to turn to Jesus. In humility and in total reliance on God, we turn to Jesus right away. We invite Jesus to enter into this problem for us. We invite Jesus to take the weight of this problem upon him. We invite him into that relationship. Step two. Step one was turn to Jesus. Step two, state the facts. So this is really important in our prayer. Perhaps, so, many, so sometimes people don't pray at all. Okay, 
But then maybe you are the type of person that prays. But sometimes we can fall into this temptation of trying to still control the Lord by our prayer, to try to manipulate the Lord with our plan. Like we, we go to prayer, and because we have high anxiety, we're trying to medicate ourselves with this compulsory prayer saying, Jesus, please do this, please do this, and then this, and then my problem will be fixed, done. And, and, and sometimes we fall into this trap of not actually listening to the Lord, but instead we're telling the Lord. Instead of, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, we say, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking, and we have the plan, and it's time for you to act. We do this all the time. And it's unfortunate because we're treating prayer more like magic rather than a relationship. But prayer is a relationship. And this burden that you feel in your shoulders right now, the Lord wants to take from you. He wants you to take His yoke upon your shoulders. He wants you to offer up the problem to Him to simply state the facts. Mary doesn't say, Jesus, you need to turn water into wine because we're running out of wine. Let's go. Chop, chop. Mary says, they have no wine. And with a great faith, She knows who Jesus is. She knows what he's capable of. And with great trust, she knows that Jesus desires to enter into the details of our lives. And even though Jesus says, my hour has not yet come, it's not time for me to fully reveal myself, I will still enter into this problem with you. And I will perform a miracle. The Lord is ready to act, ready to direct us, but far too often we are telling the Lord what to do. If we state the facts in our prayer with great trust and great abandonment, we say, Lord, this is your problem. I can't wait for you to fix it. Step one, turn to Jesus. Step two, state the facts. Step three, do whatever he tells you. It's so important, Mary recognizes that the Lord does not desire to just micromanage from afar, that the Lord invites us to share and participate in this problem solving. He simply just wants to be heard so that he can actually act as the leader, but he does invite us to cooperate. And Mary understands, just as she understood at the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel told her that she would be the mother of God, she says, do unto me according to your will. She basically says the same thing to the servers here. Do whatever he tells you. It's the same for us. As we listen to the Lord, state the facts, we wait, we listen, we receive, and we respond with whatever the Lord tells us. We do have to act with courage. Sometimes we can procrastinate our actions, or sometimes we can justify that our other plan is better than God's plan, make ourselves feel better. Sometimes we're too afraid to act, but we have to act with courage. And sometimes when we listen, we don't know what the Lord's saying. It's difficult to truly know for sure. Sometimes we struggle to know God's will, but at least if we've turned to the Lord and we have stated the facts, we at least have the confidence that we have invited the Lord into this discussion. And if that we can't hear clearly after that, we've at least opened our hearts for God to move. 
And perhaps in patience and with practice and with repeated process in, this, in these three steps, we start to learn what the, vo- what the Lord's voice sounds like. And then we can respond. We can respond with courage, with a little more clarity and a little more conviction, ready to address whatever problem you're facing, but this time in relationship. So consider now, when's the last time you faced a problem? Think of a specific example in your head, maybe a specific problem you had to face. And consider now how you faced, how you solved that problem. How did you handle it? Consider maybe a problem in the workplace where your boss asks you to do something that's unrealistic or unreasonable. Maybe a, a coworker disagrees with you, but you are on the same team and there's a conflict and you just got to come to a decision. Maybe you have a problem in your family. We talked a little bit about family problems over Christmas and I know that hit home for a lot of people. Maybe there's a problem in your own heart. Maybe a problem in your own heart where you know that there's a barrier between you and Jesus, and you're just struggling to face it. You're struggling to allow the Lord to enter into that barrier. Maybe you're having a hard time letting go of a sin. Maybe you're having a hard time forgiving people. Maybe you have a a hard time going through the grieving process. Whatever it is, maybe you recognize there's a problem. And so what if in these problems we would turn to the Lord? Instead of turning inward and relying upon our own strengths, or even sometimes we turn outward to each other, and that's not a bad thing. It's good to rely on others. But what if before we even did that, we turned to the Lord? What if we took a moment to pause, catch our breath, and look up, state the facts to the Lord, and say, Lord, this is a problem This is your problem. What if we would take a moment to listen and then respond from that relationship rather than trying to treat prayer like magic? We are much smaller than we think. We are little, but this is good news. We think we want control, but we really don't. We don't want control because control means more pressure. Control means more weight on your shoulders. What we want is a father to guide us. We want a relationship with Jesus. We want to take his yoke upon our shoulders, and we want to trust and respond in faith. When we face our limits, when we face a problem that we just can't handle, when we have to make a decision that we just don't know how to make, these are... It could cause a lot of anxiety and discouragement, but instead we could see it as an invitation, as a gift, as a joyful celebration that, oh, thank God, we have an opportunity to turn back to the Lord. We have an opportunity to pray without ceasing. We have an opportunity to stay in relationship concretely. This is a gift. Our limitations are a gift. Rather than getting discouraged by it, frustrated, Instead, we rejoice. We praise God for our littleness, for our limitations, because it is in our littleness that we are loved. It's in our littleness that we turn to the Lord, and it's there that we find freedom. 
for any problem that we face. Step one, turn to Jesus. Step two, state the facts. Step three, do whatever he tells you to do.